Oh, hi. Didn't see you come in there. I'm Alex Keller. Whoa, there's intruders in the podcast. <laughs> hi, I'm Mike Harding. Damn. <laughs> and this is the Filmtastic Voyage. Hey, Mike. Hey, Alex. Those dog days of summer, they're not barking no more. So is it the... Okay, would it be the cat days of winter? It's September. Well, no, that's true. I'm just... I'm saying, like, polar opposites, right? So, like, if it's the dog days of summer, then it must be, like, the cat days of winter. Coming up, I mean. Sure. And and then in the fall, it's like an in-between animal, like a ferret or something. Maybe like... uh, The ferret days of fall. Some kind of large... Yeah, like a large bird, maybe. The the parrot days of of spring? Yeah. Hey, for our fans out there, why don't you... uh, Leave us some comments. What what kind of animal should be? Or don't the, waste your time. You know, whatever. Should be in the different uh, seasons. Um. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Uh Boy, I got some stuff I want to bitch about. Really? Okay. Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm bitchy today. If you know what I'm saying, which well, of course you do. It's pretty <laughs> you're self-explanatory. A, you're a sassy bitch. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm quite sassy. Very sassy. Um. So, the um. I'm just gonna go right into it because yeah. You know, right I don't in. need to ask how you're doing. I'm Fuck doing, you. I'm doing great. Um, so the reviews and like the so the Venice Film Festival is going on right now. The International Film Festival. Oh. in Venice. That's in Italy for folks who don't know. Which, oh, I thought you meant Venice Beach. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, the Venice Beach Film Festival. Anyways, oh, go ahead. I can only imagine. Um, there might be. There actually probably is one. There's like Burbank has an international film festival. I'm sure you know every little town has their own. Santa yeah. Monica does. Boyle Heights. Mm. The Boyle Heights Film Festival. The Van Nuys International <laughs> Film Festival. Might exist. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I'm seeing all the fun little reviews and stuff that's coming in. Uh-huh. So far, we got a lot of uh, little uh, little tidbits about Oscar movies coming in. Yeah. So we got like uh, glowing reviews from the festival for movies like Damien Chazelle's First Man. The Oh, yes. We First got, Man. Um, what was that Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Claire Foy. Um, we yeah. got good reviews for the Hugh Jackman vehicle, The Front Runner, where he plays a politician based on a true story. Oh. Uh, I forget the specifics of that. Um, is that him as Bernie Sanders? No, no it's from, <laughs> I think it's, oh, I don't remember his name. I remember the story, though. It was a while ago. It's from hmm. the 70s, I think. Oh. Anyways, uh, we got, um, what was the other? There was like there was one more that was like getting real good. Oh, the uh, A Star is Born, the Lady Gaga uh, Bradley Cooper oh, vehicle right. uh, got some pretty pretty glowing reviews, and then lastly we have um, Alfonso Cuarón's Roma, which I'm really looking forward to. That one's like, oh my god, it's a fucking masterpiece. Hmm. But so I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh man, this looks beautiful. It's gorgeous black and white cinematography. It's like you know Alfonso Cuarón, one of the greatest visual filmmakers of our day. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh great, oh it looks so sweet. And at the end of the trailer, it's like a Netflix film. I'm like. Fuck! Boo. God damn it! 
Um, and so they announced, actually, they announced that. So for this particular film, Netflix is going to be releasing in theaters. I was like, yes. And I looked, really? and it's like, we'll be releasing it in about 12 theaters in the country, um, mostly landmark theaters, uh, just for Oscar <laughs> runs. I'm like, fuck. I want to see this goddamn movie in the theater. I'm so tired of being you know jerked around by Netflix, and I want to be able to watch yeah. these fucking movies. And I mean, well, like, you know, not just on my rinky-dink TV, in, like, a real setting, especially from, like, these masters, like, Caron and Scorsese and the Coen Brothers' new movie is going to be a fucking Netflix movie. But here's the thing, is they're also signing deals to do these Netflix movies. Well, I'm glad that Netflix is so paying it's, them. it's on them, really. No, I, I, I think it's on them more than it is Netflix. I Netflix know. is just trying to make that... That dirty, that dirty dollars. Am I'm I not right? really saying that, like Netflix is at fault necessarily. Right, I'm not but saying, it is. Annoying. I'm more saying, like, why can't you do what Amazon does and put them in theaters or like whatever? Because yeah. I just, I want to see these these splendor movies and all of their real splendor, you know? Yeah, but like, ne- you know, Netflix, their whole deal. Yeah, they're it's just like we want to just have everything on our streaming. They're just service. racist against movie theaters. They are racist against movie theaters. Um, just yeah, an, yeah, just another. Another notch in that sort of like, come on, guys, let me... Oh, yeah, I have other things I was thinking about, too, that led to other thoughts I had, but what are you ready to say? Well, I, I just... I had a question for you, because have you heard a, a wink or a fart about that Dick Cheney, Christian Bale movie? Shouldn't that be kind of coming into the fold? Are they filming it now? Isn't that coming out next year? Oh, they're filming it now. Okay. Or they were filming it. Like, I think they just wrapped it. I think, like, Christian Bale lost all of his weight again, but... They well, were, yeah, were that doesn't surprise it. me. I think they're probably gonna... I think it's a next year movie. Because whenever he drops weight, hey, for everybody who doesn't know, whenever Christian Bale wants to drop weight, he uh, eats apples and smokes cigarettes. Well, that was just for the machinist. I don't think that's his constant diet. He said up until very recently, like, I I think for this, right, for this movie, he's like, yeah, I got some doctors to help me out with my weight loss and gain, right? That's an okay Christian Bale impression. eh. But but typically he like he mentioned up until this particular movie he's always just like <laughs> done it himself, which is uh, unhealthy. Yeah, there was a famous or a story when the machinist there was a scene where he had to run away and they couldn't film. They had to like they could do like two takes and he's like I can't run anymore. Oh my god, my legs don't have any muscle mass. I would love uh, more. Uh, I just I love the idea, and that's why I want this this Dick Cheney movie to do well. Is I love the idea of an actor being able to play both Batman and Dick Cheney and pull it off. So hopefully it it's a good movie. Yeah. But anyways, back to what you're also, talking about. Also, another fun story. Speaking of the machinist, that he just showed up to set like that. That wasn't written. That wasn't in the script. That wasn't part of the character description. Oh, the director, he, just, he just showed up to set. You know, like eighty pounds or whatever. And the director's like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Wow, that's a great movie. Have you seen The Machinist? I'd I'd say The Machinist is good. I I'd mean, say Christian Bale is good in The Machinist. I'd say he's better than the movie was. I thought the movie was a good, nice little like little Hitchcockian thriller. Like maybe not great is right too much, but I thought it was yeah. a very well executed executed movie. I don't you know. And here's uh, another fun little factoid about that. Uh, he started filming Batman Begins three months after he wrapped The Machinist. Yeah. And that's nuts. Pretty nuts. <laughs> Pretty nuts. How does one do that? Magic. Yeah. Anyways, the other thing I was thinking, and also I don't want to make this seem like some sort of like I hate Netflix kind of thing, because I don't. Netflix is great, but I'm just, you know, I don't... It's not right to hate Netflix. Not, well, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's it seems, it seems rude. We're giving people food for thought. Hey, if well, you guys want to leave some comments about your thoughts on Netflix, be sure to leave some comments down below. 
It's more just like I don't want to see the world of movie theaters disappear because of it won't. Well, it won't. No, but I don't want to. You know, I want. I don't want to see these movies that deserve to be seen on the big screen not get that kind of yeah recognition. Uh, you know, not like public recognition, but like theatrical recognition. But also, it made, it had made, it made me a thought, and it's not like a Netflix. Like, this is more of a streaming age kind of thing. Uh-huh. But it made me think: How do kids these days who don't know, who are like trying to get into film, how the hell do they do that? How do they get into film? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, man, I want to watch The Godfather. Where do you find The Godfather? Do you have to rent it, I guess, from, like, iTunes or whatever? I suppose. I don't rent any movies oh, from you iTunes. Oh, could, you, could, you could rent it from iTunes, YouTube, Amazon. Okay, but, like... Or that, you could do what good old Mike Harding does. Go out and buy that shit. Okay. Well, I mean, like, there's that, which is... Okay, but, like, I think it's a lot harder. You have to be more specific. You can't, like, go to... I don't know, maybe, I, like, someone let me know if I'm wrong, I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably good ways of doing that, but the, I feel it's hard, like, because, like, when you, you used to go to the, your local library, well, they still have libraries, thankfully, uh-huh. or um, your rental whatever place, and you can just go to the wall of classics. They had, like, a classic film section. You could just go there and just, like, get this, get this, get this. Right. And that seems like it's a little harder to do that. You have to be more specific, know what you're mm. looking for now. Well, here's the thing. I guess you have to be more specific on what you're looking for. However, I think that information does exist. I think that information... To find out what movies you should see is more readily available, even if it is like shitty, like you know, like oh, watch Mojo or not shitty. Sorry, watch Mojo, but like you know, Cineflix, watch Mojo. You got these YouTube channels that are all about like top ten movies. To yeah, that's true. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> Anyways, um... um, and then also, sorry, just, just one more point is like yeah, back in the when the culture was like going to Blockbuster, or going to Hollywood Video, you would have. You know, you'd have a wide array of movies you can get, mm. but I think I think nowadays you just have an infinite. It's just infinite possibilities now, right? You could watch Kindergarten Cop two, whereas like Hollywood Video already phased that out if it was still around. That's a good point. Yeah, so it's basically the same as it ever was. But the other thing I was thinking regarding Netflix specifically is that Netflix won't doesn't release their movies on Blu-ray, and it's like. Now that, like, oh, right. say, like, I don't really like, you know, it's like whatever, you know, Bright's not on Blu ray, whatever. But now that they're getting into some really nice, me- they're releasing some nice, meaty movies, right? It's like, uh-huh. well, I want, if they're good, I would like to own them on Blu ray. And if I can't, that really blows. They released, like, Stranger Things on Blu ray. They released some of their right. properties on Blu ray when they and have House enough of demand. Cards, yeah. Orange but, is New Black, that's on Blu ray. Yeah, but, like, for most of it, like, the vast majority of the Netflix released products, they, have, they are not on Blu ray, nowhere to be seen. And so that worries me that. You know, should this movie that's a Netflix original that I love, you know, not be released on Blu-ray, I can't buy it. I can't add to my collection. Right. I don't. I don't have ownership over it in any any kind of sort of physical media way because I don't really like the idea that I don't. I can't own this. I can't watch this whenever I want. My internet. Right. I'm you fucked. can't let someone borrow it. Mm-hmm. You know. You can't bring it over to a friend's place and watch it if they don't have Netflix. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And so that's a that's also worries me. So they're like, it's easy. I'm just concerned, man. I'm concerned about the future. And I like the main menus. I like the main menus. Main menus have gone downhill recent years, though. You they know, they this. have, but net, something Netflix often doesn't have with a movie that like Blu-rays will always have is like, hey, check out the uh, trailers or the extra, you know, the extra features, the the bloopers. That's also been going downhill. The, um, you know, the deleted scenes. Deleted scenes seem to be Deleted around. scenes are like the only special features nowadays. You get like deleted scenes, maybe a gag reel, but like the like I miss like the really meaty <clears throat> interviews. Documentaries and, all that. and interviews, yeah. Yeah. Like I remember like 
going like in Blockbuster like 2000 watching like Dungeons and Dragons and on the disc they'd have like you know like an hour and a half the, long fucking feature about just like the history of the game maybe it wasn't that long right. it was probably like 20 minutes but still I remember being like oh gee whiz like they made this whole spent all this time money making this bonus feature about who who about fucking Dungeons and Dragons the movie did you did you tell me that they're making a new one yeah or? they've been doing that for a while though. okay talking about it I forget the specifics yeah um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we live in the age where you're not going to be able to watch a two-hour interview about the director of Aragorn, Aragon, Aragorn, well, Arag- Aragon? What are we talking about, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, Aragon. Aragon, you, you know, you're not going to find that kind of featurette anymore, which is unfortunate, right? But, um, I don't know. I would love it, like, in a perfect world, if every movie came with, like, a two, three-hour-long behind-the-scenes, like, documentary that was, like... Just footage, like be- footage of them filming, like essentially B-roll, of just there's like a camera crew behind the scenes, and they're just filming the director and everyone uncut, uncensored. That's just what they're doing. That would Didn't, be amazing if every movie had that. Well, like The Room, right? Like they had that one, uh, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I know this is a horrible example, but Tommy Wiseau had a, a cameraman going around set just filming everybody for the entire shoot. Right? I mean, that's not uncommon. Oh, okay. I mean, like, Lord of the Rings had that. Like, you know, like, The Last Jedi had that. Like, you know, movies still do that occasionally. But right. I would love it to, like, buy... Not, like, you know, essentially, buy, like, like by Hollywood law, every movie has an uncut, oh, behind-the-scenes yeah. feature so you can uh, see for my enjoyment only. Adam Driver cussing out Daisy Ridley. No, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure he's a sweetheart. Um, hey, Adam Driver, if you want to hang out... <laughs> Yep. Let us know. We're uh, sure you're a cool guy. No, I mean, like, yeah, with stuff like that, it'd be fun. Yeah. But no, that I would agree. never happen due to everything. Due to everything. Everything's changing. Anyways, the point I'm really trying to make is that I want to give Netflix more money, but they're not letting me. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I have my Netflix subscription, and I'm, I'm probably just going to have that always. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the unfortunate truth, I think is if I'm going to get rid of one streaming service, I think the first on the chopping block is probably Amazon Prime. And then the second would be uh, would be Hulu. Um, Netflix right now, I um, if I wasn't on a family plan, I probably would unsubscribe. Really? Because I only watched them for about two or three shows, which I'd probably just wait till they came back. Which shows are those? Like BoJack Horseman, Stranger Things mostly. Oh, uh, okay. So I'd wait for those to come back. And then i do what I do with HBO Go. Or HBO Now, or whatever it's called. Unsubscribe. I, subs- I, I subscribe when the thing I want to watch is on. And then I also, like, go through all the movies and stuff I missed. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, catch all this stuff. And then I unsubscribe for another 10 months. HBO is interesting because I think it's, like, what, 20 bucks or something? Yeah. I mean, like, That's HBO, honestly, though, I'd actually crazy. would rather subscribe to HBO full-time than Netflix full-time just because the amount of their, their movie selection is a lot better. In terms of like movies that yes, I, I want to watch, like true. Netflix has a lot of good movies on it, but they have a lot less good, like you know, like licensed movies. Yeah, than they used to. I yeah. mean, and they still have a good amount, but usually it's like quirky things, and like there's not that much. Amazon's a little better, but only little in terms of movies I haven't seen that I want like to watch. Right, like Three Ten to Yuma and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I still haven't seen. Ah, oh. I'm gonna get around to it. Ah, oh, isn't that the same director that did uh, Logan? Logan. Yeah, and also Logan. Walk the Line, right? Isn't that the same guy? I don't know if he did Walk the Line. I have no oh, idea. Okay. It might be. I, mean, I, I haven't heard that. Maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe uh, i 
Maybe I'm crazy because I remember when 310 to Yuma came out. They're like from the director of. Walk I mean, it probably the Line. is. I can imagine it. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, with Netflix, honestly, it has gone through a lot of changes in the last ten years. It's gone through a lot of changes in the last five years. Yeah. Um, I actually have reached a point where I'm like, you know what? There's all these Netflix shows coming out right now, and I don't really care to watch them. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to do. Is they're trying to make it so every there's there's a show for every audience, you know. They're not trying to make right. one show for everybody. And they're trying to make a dozen shows for a dozen different types of people, which is a fine strategy. But Maybe. it makes it also seem like they have uh, too much shows. I mean, I guess that's what like <laughs> network television is like, right? Yeah. I know there's a lot of worry nowadays. People are like, oh, man, streaming's just becoming like cable again. Now, especially because there was like a whole controversy of Netflix adding commercials, like for Netflix oh. properties in between episodes or something like that. I didn't. I, I, I yeah, didn't, uh, you know the funny thing is, I I don't feel like I've run into that. Have well, you? it was just like a test thing that they re- they rolled onto some users, and there was oh. like a big thing, and also the concept people got all pissed about, which rightfully so because you know what am I paying you for? Right. It's that whole that whole argument. Um, but like the problem with that comparison, I feel about streaming becoming cable again, is it's a la carte. Uh-huh. Which is the problem I always have with cable is like, why can't I just pay for like Discovery Channel and nothing else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of no, like, I feel yeah. the same way. And it's on demand too, where it's like, why can't I just, I can pay for like these three channels and watch these three shows, specific episodes. So like, no matter what, it's better than cable. Well, Even yeah. if it costs the same. And there's also, you don't have it's to. It's a lot cheaper. And though. you don't have to deal with like the year long contracts or whatever. It's a lot cheaper. You don't have to deal with a year-long contract, and you typically don't get commercials. Uh, what I think is interesting is I think it would be, inter- uh, you know, a, an interesting natural progression with, like, let's say, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever else is out there, <laughs> Crunchyroll, right? Mm. If if there is a company that took all these different streaming networks and they're like, hey, why don't we give this to people in a in a package, right? Yeah, that's what they heard yeah and then uh and then after that like one by one they all find out you know what maybe um you know people are getting so tired of binge watching stuff we should have like a fixed schedule for our programs (laughs) right so then so then it's on a fixed schedule you get a bundle package and then uh they give you this remote where it's just like well okay so channel three that'll be netflix Mm -hmm. channel four will be hulu channel five will be whatever it's like Animal Farm. <laughs> it's like an yeah. It's like Animal. Farm. It's like farm. they rebel against the farmers only to become farmers themselves. Oh right, yeah, totally. Or only the or the one guy. Uh, actually, did you hear that Andy Serkis is making Animal Farm? I is think he for really? Netflix. I think for Netflix. Speaking of which, oh, like he was so great. He was so happy with the uh, Jungle Book Netflix deal that yeah. he's like, hey, all right. Or I'll- maybe uh, Netflix was so happy with him. I don't know. Um, they're just happy with each other. That's a movie that. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm glad that we'll have. You know, because it, it does look worrying. You know, because there was a whole like, oh, it's just the same thing again. So at least they have an audience. So that's right. That's probably the first Netflix movie I'm actually like keenly interested in. It was a smart move for them to do that because, man, they got fucked. Yeah. With that whole thing. Well, you know, it was. I think it was a case of let's make our own Jungle Book movie with blackjack and hookers. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, like, I think all the voice acting and stuff for that was done like three years ago or something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I've never been hearing, hearing about it for like I heard. I think I heard about that one even before the Disney one. Same here. And then yeah. now it's later. I don't know. 
I think they both accidentally started a Jungle Book uh, production. I don't think it was an time. accident. That never happens. Oh, okay. It's always whispers in the wind that someone's doing something, and then you know, other studio will be like, "Well, fuck that." Yeah. So now, Alex, I just looked up James Mangold. Uh-huh. He did Logan. What I didn't know is he also did The Wolverine. Oh yeah, I knew that in 2013. Good for him. He did Three Ten to Yuma, and he did Walk the Line. Some movie called Identity. That oh, I, I did Identity. I remember. I, I met the writer of Identity. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, I know he did Kate and Leopold. Kate and Leopold, which is a strange movie for him. To Girl do. Interrupted. Oh, that's uh, that won uh, Angelina Jolie a whole Oscar. It did. Copland uh-huh. and Heavy. He's a good director. Yeah. He's a very good director. What a what a good guy. You know the original director for uh, the Wolverine. James Wan. Uh, no, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Oh, right. And then he dropped out because he didn't want to live in Japan for like eight months. That's right. Weren't they also trying to uh, get like Russell Crowe or something? I think Wasn't that there was something that weird? That was like the original X-Men, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Way back. Yeah, I think I heard that. Okay. That would make much more sense um, than yeah. inexplicably replacing uh, Hugh Jackman. I don't think that was ever Crow. a question. Yeah. Um, Who would Russell Crowe be if he was a superhero? He'd probably be some villain. I mean, he was Kala or Jor-El. He was Jor-El. Yeah, so yeah. that's something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> um, Speaking of which, Alex, I've been keeping up with uh, some uh, some fun news. Oh, yeah? Um, this whole uh, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, Disney thing's just like escalating. Oh, I was going to say, it's been a very sad week for movies. Dave Batista has uh, has uh, very publicly said recently that he, he wouldn't come back unless James Gunn comes back, and he's also not too thrilled to work with Disney anymore. Well, he said he wouldn't come back if James Gunn's script wasn't used. Oh, okay. Well, you saw, but there was an interview, I think, that came out... Like today, or oh, something. I didn't. I, I did see that he's like you know real pissed off still, but I didn't see that. Well, the s- real sad news I'm sure you saw is that that movie's been shelved. It's been shelved indefinitely. Which yeah, sucks because they were like the crew was gearing up, ready to go, and they're like right about to go into pre-production. And they all got fired. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I, you know, it's weird, man. I like for a company that that has really good, like it has a really good uh, track record when it comes to like just. Keeping things, you know, uh, keeping their pro- productions uh, uh, concise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're not bullshitting around, not delaying things, not like doing this or that. Like, I don't know what's going on with this. I had a theory huh. in my head uh, that, that, like, not theory, but like a what if kind of scenario uh-huh. I've, I've concocted, like, over the last day, which is so Guardians of the Galaxy 3 canceled, but. In its place, they're gonna make Nova, and then the Guardians are gonna show up as secondary characters. So it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be directed oh. by James Gunn. It's like a new character or a new story with a new director and a new tone. But the Guardians are still there. They're fun. They're having fun. I think I I think people will boo that out of the theater. I honestly don't think anybody. <laughs> like I don't think the general moving going public. If it, if it, if it delivers the goods, they won't care. Even but you got to deliver the goods. Right. Yeah. I mean, even Glenn Close was like, "Hey, what the fuck." She wasn't like she's only been like twenty seconds of one movie though. Yeah, I know, but still, she's like, it's, "Hey, what the fuck?" It's a real weird situation. It just seems like 
<laughs> what's that? What's the expression? Cutting off your nose to spite your foot or whatever. Oh, cut. Yeah, cut off your nose to spite your face. Oh, yeah, that's it. It just seems like yeah. you know. It seems like the 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 brass at Disney just are real gung ho about. We're really going. Didn't they didn't think they didn't seem to think things through. And I wonder what their plan is. You know what would make everything better? Hiring back James Gunn. Well, they they said they would never though. But, but that's so. the thing is, man, how heroic would Disney look if they're like, you know what, guys, we heard you. We heard you out there, guys. We're gonna hire him back. That would imply, but that would make um, that would make them look weak. No, it would make the executive who went because it wasn't. I think it was one of the vice presidents who was like in charge of that whole thing. Because uh-huh. I don't think it came from Bob Iger himself. It came from one of the vice presidents who was personally fired him. Um, and you know, executives can't look weak, right? But especially I get- because Bob Iger is stepping down in a year. In a year? Yeah, at the end of 2019, is Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney's, uh, is at the end of his tenure, he's retiring. Um, and so, like, you know, for a vice president to be like, oops, to make it to say oopsie daisies at the end, at such a pivotal crossroad, that's, you know, that's inter office politics, man. All I'm saying is, hey, you know, when it comes to inter office politics, I, I could give, I couldn't, I could care less. I could not care less, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Yes. Because ultimately, they're making stuff for us. And it seems like everybody out here is saying, hey, you guys did something wrong here. Yeah. Also, this is all theory and speculation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I ain't been in those rooms. I don't know what's, go- what's going on. It's not about what you know. It's about what you don't know. It's about what you think and say on the internet. For all we know, James Gunn is, well, never mind. Uh, yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, I've heard that. That's what everyone says. Um, anyways, and the other bit of sad news, though, for me, is that uh, Danny Boyle got fired from James Bond 25. He got fired from or, it. Or rather, there was a mutual parting, you know. Interesting. Uh, and uh, that means that unless they get a director in like two weeks, the movie's going to get delayed, which really blows. Which, uh, yeah, that is... I mean, this is probably the biggest gap between Bond movies in a while, right? I mean, since, uh, like, Quanta, or, um, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Or maybe even between... No, no, Casino Royale and Quantum, that was 2006 and 2008. Eight? It was only two years? Yeah, they were like, we're going to make a Bond movie every oh, two years. it was after Quantum of Solace. Between then, then Quantum it was of Solace and, four years. and uh, Skyfall. Which That's right. The, and then three years for Spectre, and then it'll be another, it would have been four years. years, but now it'll be more like five. Because um, after Quantum of Solace, MGM was going through a bunch of uh, problems, well, right? Well, yeah. And that was that delayed that. And then, yeah. That, that lion didn't want to come back. He's like, hey, fuck this, and left. Poor lion. And they had to... Hire a new lion. I miss the MGM roar. Yeah. Um, the longest gap, though, I think, was between um, the the living or license to kill and Goldeneye. Right. Yeah. Due to legal issues. And then there's also a big gap between uh, what was it? Die another day. That was only four years. Two thousand two. Oh, it was only four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you know, a long gap, but not the biggest gap. It was a longer gap because we got uh, ninety. Five for Goldeneye. Uh huh. Ninety five. Um, I always forget if it's ninety four, ninety five. Because I'm always like, it was ninety five. Then I'm always like, no, I'm wrong. Like I'm always second guessing myself. I always get confused, and I've said this before. Because the vid, like, Goldeneye, the video game came out like ninety seven, and I'm always like, right. 
it's like, oh, that came out, you know, so it ruins the entire 90s timeline for me. Um, <laughs> 95, and then it was 97, 99, 2002. So the GoldenEye video game came out at, at in the same year that Tomorrow Never, Tomorrow Never Dies came out. Okay. Yeah, I just rewatched Tomorrow Never Dies, speaking of which. How was it? Oh, man. Oof. Bad? Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's not as bad as Bond's worst, but it's not very good. Um, that was my first Bond movie. Did I ever tell you that? You did. I think yeah. we mentioned it on the video cast. Well, this is the video cast. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello, America. Hello, world. Hello, the world. Um, yeah, so I watched it again, because I'm going through them all. That movie's bad. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad I stuck it through. I guess little 11-year-old Alex was like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> It wasn't until I saw like Golden Goldfinger that I really became a Bond fan. But like oh. Die Another Day or Tomorrow Never Dies, they're all the fucking same. Dying, everybody's dying. Everyone's dying was you know good enough that it got me into the series to continue watching them. I suppose um, it's like a very like just James Bond gets a mission and does it kind of movie. You know? Oh yeah, and uh, the score is hilariously overbearing because it overcompensates for the weird Goldeneye score. Really? Well, like his golden eyes, like tong tong or whatever. Right? I love that. Oh, I, I love and it. Then, like, Eric Sarah. Yeah, and then like, and tomorrow never dies. Pretty much every second of that fucking movie is just like it's like. Did people complain about the yes, golden eye soundtrack? Did. Why? Because it was too. It's this, too untraditional. It's the same Not guy that did the soundtrack for Fifth Element. And you can totally tell because everything right. sounds like he's taking a metal pipe and hitting it through a wind tunnel. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so that was kind of funny, and like you know, and uh, Jonathan Price is hilariously hammy. Oh, I didn't realize. Was he the main? He's villain? the villain, yeah, and he's just hamming oh. it up, he's frothing at the mouth. He's chewing scenery, scenery spilling out of his mouth. He's yeah, so and then someone saw that, and they're like, "That guy, I want for that GI Joe. I want that man to be Elizabeth Swan's father in Pirates of the Caribbean." Oh, that's right, that too. Boy, he's been all over the place. Jonathan Price is great. I love Jonathan Price. Brazil? If you haven't seen Brazil, you should watch that movie, Brazil. It's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, you. You. <laughs> still getting used to still getting used to this. Yeah, we should. What we need is we need two cameras so I can look at the camera right here. Hey, everybody. Convince us to start a Patreon so that we can... <laughs> so then you can then give us money and then we'll have... Uh, Two. Two cameras. We also should have a fact checker. I feel like a fact checker would be great. I try to not to say I don't know, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, James Bond, what can I say, man? Mm-hmm. Um, Still haven't seen any of them. Michelle I mean, I've, I've seen them, but... I'm sorry? Michelle Yeoh from uh, oh, great. Crazy Rich Asians, which is killing it at the box office. It is killing it's it. slaughtering the box office. I mean, it's like the best movie out right now, I'd say. We have um, some weird August movies. Uh, Mission Impossible 6 is better. In my opinion. I mean, they're apples Black and Clansman oranges. Black better. Ap- apples and... Well, mm, all they're, they're all apples and oranges. But, like, yeah, it's like comparing romantic comedies to action movies. You know which movie I did see? I just remember that I saw this. Uh, I saw The Happy Time Murders. Oh, yeah? Yes. Did you I see it? No, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was... <laughs> you know, okay, here, I'll say some good things first. 
Make I a compliment sandwich. I liked the movie. All right, I didn't good. walk away from the movie feeling like it was a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's probably like a three out of five for me. So I don't need to see it again. So what you're saying is like a six out of ten. Like a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it There's not much going on other than the novelty of puppets and humans and all that. Was it like... Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, man, I hope it's not another sausage right. party or... So I was like worried that. it was going to be a sausage party 2.0. And it wasn't. It definitely was not. It wasn't anno- it wasn't annoyingly raunchy. It was it had some raunchy moments and they were and they worked because they were isolated moments of gross shit. Nice. But yeah. Um it was good. I was thinking about watching it, but like I don't know. Just been uh busy. There's a whole lot of downtown LA in that movie. Well, I should hope so. Yeah. Uh places that I really, really recognize. Hmm. And that was great. Cool. Um, I thought uh, Melissa McCarthy was a bit... uh, Her character was a bit underdeveloped, I guess. Didn't quite act like a person. Well... Because they just wanted to make it very silly. She is amongst puppets. She is amongst puppets. But yeah. I don't know. It was fun. I'd say watch it. Go ahead and watch it. On like a, you know, Saturday afternoon. Tuesday night. I've been... um my girlfriend wants to go out and watch uh, that ghost movie with Domino Gleason. Ghost? Is he the ghost? No, but he's in like a... I think <laughs> I'm a ghost. The, the Little Strangers, maybe? Uh, I forget oh. the name. But yeah, it's like, I'm in a spooky house, and I'm Domino Gleason. Oh. That sounds vaguely familiar. That's out right now? Yeah. Okay. I should see it, too. I like s- ghost movies, I guess. Um, I'd see a good ghost movie. You know, I here's the thing, Alex. I'm... 31 years old, everybody. <gasps> and I still haven't seen a ghost. All right. Talk about a late bloomer. I haven't seen a ghost yet, Alex. Have you seen a ghost? No, I love going on ghost tours and being like, oh, in this room, someone once saw a ghost. I'm like, okay. And then like, they try to make it like a whole thing. I don't understand the appeal of ghosts or like the like the people who are like, oh my God, ghosts are so scary. I'm like, what's it going to do? Fucking stab me? It's a fucking ghost. <laughs> it's going to yank my sheets off. Well, if they- you saw a ghost, what would you do? Well, uh, I'd be like, hey. You really? You wouldn't be sp- spine chilled? At- you wouldn't be uh, bone chilled at all? I'm fine. I'd be fucking scared shitless. I mean, I'd probably be a little bone chilled, but it depends. Am I in a place where ghosts are expected? If that's the case, I'd be like, oh shit, it's a ghost. Because here, well, yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing. A ghost is probably going to be just staring at you. And that weirds me out. Well, most of the ghost stories I heard, like, for example, in the Queen Mary... Famously uh-huh. haunted ship in Long Beach, California. Right. Uh, there was. I went on that ghost tour, and they were like in the pi- in the in the boiler room. People saw a guy in like an old timey boiler room outfit, right? And uh-huh. he was like lost. And then when they w- turned around, he was gone. Right. It's like so you don't even know it's a ghost. You just think it's some guy. And I, then you turn around, he's gone. That's a ghost. You know what I think that is? That's just my imagination. Yeah, well, it's just swamp gas. Playing tricks on me. Uh, I, you know, it's hard to say with ghosts. There's some people out there that'll be like, "Oh yeah, I lived in a, I lived in a house with a ghost that would just show up every night and it would just like walk down the stairs and then disappear." I'd be like, "How did you not freak out about you know, that?" Those people, we, there's a word for those kind of people. They're called liars. 
Yeah, I feel like it's a lie. They're liars. They're trying. You know, I I know people who are like that. Like there are kids. Who, I remember kids like people in like my school and stuff. Like one time I got p- chased by a bee that was the size of a football. I'm like, you're a uh-huh. fucking piece of shit, liar. That'd be a. <laughs> That would be one hell of a bee. He would also the same kid when he was really when we were really young would make up the most ridiculous Star Wars facts. Like, did you know that lightsabers can shoot their lights, their like sabers out from their hilts? I'm like, where did you get this information? I've read a bunch of the books, none of them say this. I think you're full of shit, kid. So let me ask you. So oh, you? Oh, I'll tell you. Oh the no, story go, later. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my favorite dumb internet kid story was uh-huh. from Super Smash Brothers. We're like, hey. Did you know that in the original N64 Super Smash Brothers, if you're on the Samus stage and you get hit in the background right as Ridley's flying by, you fight him. And if you beat him, you could unlock Ridley. And I'm right, like, yeah. That, I, like, I was like, nah, I'm like, that is nonsense and you're full of shit. You know what's... Okay, so did you know this person in person? Like, were you friends with the person It was, a, it was like at that? a camp. It was like a summer camp thing. Okay, because in my experience, uh, what do they call them? Pathological liars? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like... It, well, for one, I knew two people like this in middle school. And at first I thought they were just fucking with me, right? But I actually feel like people do it because they want you to be impressed. Oh, yeah. So that they can maintain the friendship, which I think is really strange. Because when when you finally find out that this person was lying to you, you're like, uh, who, who are you? Like, what the fuck? What was that? There was a friend I had that was like, oh, yeah. They got... um. You know, they, they came out with another StarCraft. It's called StarCraft SG-1. And I was like, oh, whoa, right? So then I looked all over town looking for StarCraft SG-1, and it was nowhere to be found. And of course, you know, I mean, it was just this kid being like, hmm, Stargate SG-1? StarCraft? I think I'll fool this kid into thinking... Did, you, just... ever, did you confront him? Uh, I did, but then it sort of was like laughed off, you know? It was like we were in a group of friends and we're like, oh, yeah, StarCraft SG-1. Oh, ha, ha, ha. That was fake. And then just moved on with our lives. I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, those people have problems, though. They do. Hey, everybody. Hey, little Timmy out there. Don't be a pathological liar. We'll like you if you don't lie. Yeah. (laughs) Truthing is half the battle. Isn't truthing a lie, though? Isn't that the whole thing? What? No, wait, that's like, you know, there's that, like, if you're a conspiracy theorist, truther. Oh, a truther. Usually you believe in something. Right. The truth. Alex, that's Alex always Jones. A, well, yeah, or, yeah. He got kicked off the internet, thankfully. <laughs> it's always weird how he, he's in the Clockwork, or not Clockwork Orange, uh, uh, Scanner Darkly and... Um, <laughs> clockwork Orange. A Scanner Darkly and a Clockwork Orange are not dissimilar <laughs> in terms of their titles. Um, and uh, Waking Life, it's weird that Alex Jones is in both those movies. Like as an actor? Yeah, he's just oh in the movies. Oh my God. In uh, Waking Life, he plays he plays one of the many talking heads who's yelling about stuff. Oh. And the stuff he's yelling about is not like completely... Like he's not. It doesn't reflect how what he says nowadays. I think he got more ridiculous as time went on. He went. He got much more crazy. Because like in the Waking Life, he's like, I want. I want people to go back to being creative and like celebrating human spirit. And it's like this guy, like he's extreme, but like he he has like real points. Right. And then in Scary Darkly, he, uh, you know, he, he plays a guy in the street corner who gets tased and taken to into the back of a SWAT van, never seen again. <laughs> and then um, nowadays, he's just a crazy person, or is he? Uh, I mean, I think maybe. I mean, like, I don't know if he's a crazy person. Like, he's playing. Like, it's widely reported that he's playing a character. Right. I think he's dis. I think he's uh, what disingenuous. He's 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 uh, 
He's not genuine with what he's saying. I yeah, I it, there's no way someone could be that nuts. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about Alex Jones. I haven't listened yeah. to a, uh, a lick of him. I had so. a friend in middle school slash high school slash junior college that uh, by the time we reached junior college, he was really on the conspiracy theory train. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I knew who Alex Jones was or anything, he was uh, this this kid, this friend of mine, you know, p- put in a DVD of this video that I just thought oh, it was a documentary. Okay, right on. And it, But it was like an Alex Jones thing. Awakened Life. And he was like, hey, I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain that this candidate is going to be our next president because these secret societies have already decided that they want him to be our president. And then, lo and behold, once that election came up, this guy was nowhere to be found. Where was he? My favorite thing about conspiracy theories and secret societies is they never answer to what end. Oh, yeah. There's never that answer. It's like, oh, you know, like, you know, this secret family owns $500 trillion. I've seen this before. People I used to know. Uh, the secret family owns like $500 trillion worth of the world's economy, but you would never heard about them. And it's like, you know, they're pulling the strings of all the governments. It's like, yeah, but why? Right. Never, yeah. They can never tell me why. And if they're... D- if if all the world's governments were under one person's jurisdiction, then damn, they're doing a shitty job. Like they're at least like you know <laughs> like the people who think nine eleven was an inside job. There's a why to that. There's like yeah. there's a reason yeah. that they can actually say like why they did that. Like why would the government do that? Because these reasons. Like at least there's that. But like usually the yeah. things that become that are like you know war, global global conspiracy scale uh-huh. tend to fall apart immediately if you even if you, right. There's that one British guy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just thinking, like you know, uh, you, you put any of the scrutiny to these conspiracy theories, you would do even your average Star Wars movie, and they fall apart instantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that one uh, British guy, uh, you know, husky guy. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, and he's talking. Well, he's the guy that came up with the lizard people theory. Oh. Uh, but one thing he said that actually kind of is scarily true is how. As a society, we're slowly moving from being like homeowners to being like renters, mm-hmm. and how like we're all getting compartmentalized into these like smaller living spaces. There's more humans, though. There are more humans, yeah. The thing about that, though, it's why I understand actually is that the idea of homeowning is pretty recent. What do you mean? Like, well, in America, at least, the idea of owning a home was like a fi- invention of the 50s and sort of the suburban expansion. Oh, era. yes. The yeah, so suburban that, expansion, yes. It's like that era is dying, but like it, because it's not the norm. It's like it wasn't the norm, and now it is the norm, and now right. it's becoming not the norm again. So it's like, well, and so there's the idea: is it is like is owning a home the norm, or is or is it you know? It's like it's that whole thing. It's like is it is just history right. changing? Are we ru- is the norm being ruined, or is it just be the new norm? And like I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. Honestly, though, the, uh, I'd rather not have to pay someone to live in the place, but. Uh, yeah, rent kind of sucks. It does, but <laughs> I don't like having to... I do like having people take care of my problems when they arise. That's nice, but what I hate is sort of throwing money into this thing that you'll never get any kind of return on. And that's what's great about homeowning is you can... You know, you you mortgage... You I know. know. You do all this stuff, and then somewhere down the line, like, you know, uh, assuming that you'd have equity, right, you're going to get back more than you... you uh, 
would have started with. Yeah. Yeah. It's homeowning for me is a numbers game where it's like I could own a home like 50 miles away and have to commute every day. No. Or (laughs) I could not. (laughs) And like I save a bunch of time and money and peace of mind. So it's like, which one's worth more? Well, that's the thing for you and me. It's like if we wanted to be homeowners, we'd be living in like. Uh, the Inland Empire. Yeah, I'd be living like not or Santa Clarita, and like I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Santa Clarita is nice. Santa Clarita is nice, but it's far away. Yeah, it's true. So far away. Um. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I'd rather be closer in. Hey, for any homeowners out there that may have some, how uh, do you do it? Information. <laughs> how do you do it? Uh, if you have any, you know, why don't you list some perks? I, I want to know. I want to know some things. Also, the problem about LA homes is not a lot of yard space. Well, and also, I'll be uh, like owning a home in LA, unless it's like in one of the really nice, rare neighborhoods. I kind of don't like if someone's like, hey, dude, I got this house in uh, K Town or like uh, Echo Park or Silver Lake. I'd be like, "Uh, I don't want, I don't want like no barrier between me and someone breaking into my house and stealing everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the whole thing. Alex. Well, you know, one day I'll live on top of a mountain. Did you grow up in... in yeah. You'll be uh, uh, Hirsch. Hirsch? Hirsch? Hirsch. Yeah. Hirst. Hirst. That heard. guy. Yeah. In his castle. Yeah. But isn't that haunted? Uh, probably. No, that's the Winchester Mansion. Yeah. Well, that's the Winchester Mansion. I mean, they're all haunted. The house that ghosts built. Or tried to build. I get it. No, let's just remember that movie with the subtitle they took out. They took away. What was it? There was that the Helen Mirren movie Winchester, the house that ghosts built. But then they oh. took out the house that ghosts built part of it because I, I presumably it tested poorly for being dumb. Right, because a ghost can't lift anything. Come on, everybody. A ghost isn't going to spend time building the house. Well, if a ghost designs a house, it still kind of built it, right? Like an architect builds a house, even though they don't physically build the house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's a big group effort, you know. Ghosts are funny. I, I, I went on a ghost tour. I, I think I probably mentioned this on the podcast, and um, it was all interesting information. But it, none of it was, you know, you're taking the tour, and, and it's not like scary taking the tour. Mm. But there was one part of the tour that was scary, and that's because we took the red line. Oh yeah, right. Ghost tour, and so we get off the train at these different places, and we got off the train at. Uh, I think just Hollywood and Highland. And right when we got above ground, there was two vagrants having a fist fight. And and it was just weird that this tour guide was like trying to give us a tour. And then right next to us was these two like fighting. Mm-hmm. That was pretty scary. How does a place like that become a tourist attraction when it's just so dirty? Well, I don't think it was always so dirty. I think That's that- what I think. No, I think it was like my mom, like she went visit Hollywood in the seventies and it was worse. In the seventies I can imagine it was worse. But if we're talking like the the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, but like it's been two goddamn generations <laughs> since then. You'd think, you know, you'd think that uh, I mean like I don't know. I don't understand. Like you'd think there'd be more effort spent trying to make it more appealing to everyone. Because, like why There's, would anyone come to Hollywood? Just, I guess they they intend to trick people. Maybe if you don't like, I think if you don't know better, it's one of those things where you just, you know, the Holly. Oh, Hollywood's known for its stars. 
go and visit Hollywood, and then you go there, and it's nothing but poop on the streets. I don't know, but people like maybe it's people enjoy the kind of Hollywood and Highland Times Square, Vegas sort of thing with all the weird people in suits and stuff. And maybe that's just that's that's part of the appeal. I don't see any appeal in it though. I really don't get it. I mean, I will say before I had before I had actually gone there, and the first time I went there and saw it, and maybe even the first couple times, I was like, this is an experience at least. Like this is different. This is cool. Mm. Um, I think if you live here and you're exposed to it more regularly you're sort of like well i'm i'm done no i mean the I'm first time i went to hollywood and highland i was like oh my god oh really <laughs> what the fuck did you give spider-man any money no i was like get the fuck away from me <laughs> like i went there to see it because um i went to la for about uh three months for an internship um right. and then went back to chicago and then went back here moved out here permanently and for that three months like last week i'm like i'm gonna go hollywood and Highland. god damn i'm gonna see all the see see the stars yeah, and I did, and I was like, "Holy shit! What the what a what a what a sinkhole!" Yeah, well, and I I must I I I probably already mentioned this on here too. When my parents visited uh, uh, Hollywood and Highland, like both Superman and Spider Man came up to my mom to be like, "Hey, you want to take a picture with us?" Oh no! And I was like, "No, mom, come on, let's go, let's go." And Spider Man's like, "Oh, come on, man, come on!" I'm like, "Nope, Sp- no, Spider Man, you stay back." Back, <laughs> Spidey. I had to I had to tell off Spider Man. It was traumatizing. Uh, my dad, we, my dad came to visit. And we also went to Hollywood Highland, and then some guys like, "Hey, you want a map of the stars?" And my dad's like, you know, just being friendly. It's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll take a map." And the guy starts following us around. It's like, anyways, oh my God. And my dad, my dad would be like, uh, "Just kidding, I don't want one anymore." <laughs> um, like, like in a friendly way, but like yeah. I was like, "Don't talk to anybody. Don't look. Right. Make eye contact. Just keep your head down." Yeah, because he insisted that we go and visit. Well, and if you need to, you just run into one of the fifty pizza places that are right on inexplicably on uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. Now, what you do is, I discovered this when my brother came to visit. Is you uh-huh. go to Hollywood and Highland if you have to if you have to visit. You go to Hollywood Highland like on a Monday morning. Yes, there's fucking no one around. Yes, go during a weekday in the morning. Mm. Yeah, the weekend is nuts. Yeah, it's much nicer. And then also, I think we went. Oh, we did. A, that was a, another thing. But I also took my brother to Hollywood and Highland, and coincidentally, the Thor: The Dark World premiere was going on that day. Oh, so that was kind of fun. Did you see Hemi? Uh, no, Hemi Hemsworth. Any, I didn't see anyone. No. Um. Yeah. But I saw the red carpet. Sure was red. <laughs> I don't know. Every once in a while, I you know, I, as much as yeah, as as dirty and annoying as it is, every once in a while, I I don't mind stopping by there and seeing what's up. Um, there's mm-hmm. that whole like shopping center with the big elephant statues. Yeah, where the Oscars are. Yeah, that's cool. What is that called again? The, was it, the, is it just it, Dolby? Is the Dolby Center still? Because it was the Kodak the Dol- Theater, now it's the Dolby Theater. I don't know if it's Dolby Center. I don't know. Okay. It's across the street from the Egyptian. One of those. Yeah, across the street from the Egyptian. Yeah. And from the El Capitan. Yeah. I never seen a theater in the or a movie in the El Capitan or the Egyptian. Have you? I've seen a movie in the Egyptian. Uh, I have not seen a movie in the El Capitan. Hey, Alex, mm. why don't we go to the El Capitan? Well, only if it's like one of the things where the Muppets show up. Where they show up. Like, do you, you know, like when the Muppet movie was coming out, the Muppets were like, would introduce the movie sometimes. Oh. Like, they'd be like, and come see it at this time, and the Muppets will be there in person. It's like, oh. Wow. So I could say hi to Kermy? Well, from the, from the crowd, yeah. Um, the sad thing is, is we we'll probably won't get a Muppets movie for another, like, 15 years, probably. 
Yeah. Something like that. I'm bummed, man. They should have kept going. They I mean, the Muppets come in waves. Movies. Are you bummed that the TV show kind of put I the Muppets on ice? Well, the movies did too, though. Because no, the, well, that first movie was amazing. The first movie was really great, and then the second movie was like a fart in the wind. Eh, it wasn't that bad. And I liked it. I liked it, but I felt like no one saw it. It was a, I guess, sort of. A, it was a mild splash. I guess. I I feel like it's a seal of approval when Ray Liotta makes a cameo in your movie. Like in Sin City Two. <laughs> yeah. Which I've never seen. Well, he's a character, I guess, like a minor character. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, and then they made that TV show that nobody watched. Yeah, then the TV show. Uh, you know, honestly, yeah, more than anything, I think you're right. Like, the TV show kind of put a, a huge uh, screw in the uh, in the machine there. Well, the Muppets will be back every 10 years. Every 10 years. Yeah, uh, have some Muppets. Who's your favorite Muppet? Rolf. Really? Rolf's great. I love Rolf. He's the dog, right? Yeah, he's that dog. That plays the piano? Yeah. Yeah. Rolf's good, good, good old-fashioned Muppet. I like uh, Fozzie. He's that bear. Yeah, he's the bear that's just always awkward and annoying. Yep. He reminds me of myself. <laughs> just always wear, stepping in a conversation. you're not wearing a little hat, though. No, I'm not wearing a little hat. Plus, I wear clothes. He's got a tie on. He's got a tie, yeah. Between him and Yogi Bear, who do you think is more, uh, I guess, annoying? Yo, Yogi. Yogi? Yeah, because, like, Fozzie's a clown on purpose. Like, he's trying to make you have a good time, trying to make you laugh. And uh, Yogi Bear is just annoying. He's stupid. Just, he's just thinking of himself. Yeah. I see. Um, did you hear that there was a thing where some guy... I saw this thing. It was a news article where some guy was like, I have one of the original Fozzie Bear, or, like, the original Fozzie Bear that uh, Jim Henson had. And Frank Oz was like, fuck you, dude. No, you don't. And um, <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, I do. And Frank Oz was like, nah, like why would that, like I know like Jim Henson would never do that. It's ridiculous. And there was like a back and forth, and like it was also it was a lot more polite than I than uh, I. Okay, I th- I was gonna be uh, damn. Yeah, I'm Frank not. Oz I, it's not not. This is not crass. a quote. No, Frank Oz is very was very nicely being like I don't I don't I don't think that's true. You know, and like yeah, and like that that genuine sweet Frank Oz way. Um, and then Frank Oz like apparently and like a few hours later, Frank Oz like I just got. News from the the Muppets archive that that was one of the original Fozzie Bears, and I just don't understand why Jim would do that, and I'm really sad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor Frank Oz. Um, it was like this whole back and forth I saw, though. That's you know, it's interesting. So okay, just going back to the Happy Time Murders, uh, this wasn't a Henson production, but it was an alt. Alternative Henson production. Is that what it's called? Alternate Henson? It's called like Alt Hen or something. Alt Henson or something. Hmm. But it's by Brian Henson, which I guess is his son. Yeah, he directed uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Right, yeah. And other things. Or Treasure Island, too. And that, I too, think, yeah. Right? Yeah. Carrying on the Henson name. And I was just curious, like, man, would Jim Henson be down with yes. the. Jim okay. Henson wanted to make puppet things for adults, sort of. Like, the original Muppets were a little more racy. Oh, like not the Kermit Muppets, like but like the original, anchors. the original concept of Muppets. From what I understand, were a little more like adult, not like maybe not as adult as Happy Time Murders, but like you know, not like little kid puppet things. They're oh, like we want to yeah. make puppets for all audiences, especially adults and stuff. I think it was more in line with kind of the, the TV show that they just made, oh. where they're, they're like you know making innuendos and doing all that kind of stuff. And, Interesting. So and like then, Crank Yankers. 
no, 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 I don't think nearly as crass as Crank Anchors, <laughs> but the like they weren't always like a kids thing, and I think they got a little more kitty as the time went on. Right. Yeah. Man, I love Muppets. I miss them already. I that would be a, a, a videography that I'd love to uh, complete. The problem is with the Muppet movies. The Muppet movies is I love the Muppets, but like the old Muppet movies never really grabbed me. Like I've seen the Muppet '70s Muppet movie, and I've seen a Muppets Most Wanted, and both the times are like, yeah, those are fine. But like I wasn't like I'm in love like I was with the the new Muppets, new uh-huh. the Muppets, or with the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh yeah. Um, well, those are probably like on the top of the. You know they're yeah. I think they're the other ones are more along the Muppet Most Wanted level, right? Um, and a lot of the problem is like you know the ones in the seventies are like, and some guys like hi, I'm like who the fuck is this guy? I don't know. Like I'm not familiar with every seventies cameo. Oh oh, the cameos would be that way. Yeah, like I know Outdated some of them. Cameos. Some of them I know. Like they're more obvious than others. So who like because I haven't seen any of those seventies ones. I mean like who do we have in there? I like I don't know like Milton Berle. Oh, okay. So it's also confusing. Like when it's it's a mad, 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 mad world uh-huh. has a bunch of celebrity cameos with people who just show up and like, right? Hello there. Yeah. And like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like a lot hey, of them. Way to be way to be up your own ass. Seventies. Part of them is because they're younger versions of comedians I know who yeah. are like old men. And yeah, like, like Bob Newhart or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> is that who is that? And like a lot of them are just you know of the time kind of things. Yeah, is Bob Newhart still around? I think he is. Yeah, he was an elf. Wow. Well, that was. I know. I believe. I would have heard. I would have heard if he died, though. I mean. Yeah. I no, think. he's great. Maybe he is dead. I just didn't hear about it, which would be really weird. I'm sure he's alive. I'm sure. It Tell been you what, we'll we'll look up some Bob Newhart. For anybody who doesn't know, Bob Newhart was very. Uh, it was like the ultimate dad jokes, right? Is that? How but it he works? was like the master of it. I mean, I guess that's. I don't know. Oh wait. Hold on. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's still around. Yeah, see, I thought so. Born in 1929. Damn. So he's turning 90. Yes. Well, good for him. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, uh, Kirk Douglas is what, like, what, like 120? Oh my God. <laughs> Not really. He's, but he's over 100. I think he's turning 100. That's Michael Douglas's dad, right? Yep. What a <laughs> dynasty they got going on. They got a dynasty going on, yeah. They got his uh, Michael Douglas has a son that tried acting and wasn't able to. Uh, they had the movie with the three of them: Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas, and Michael Douglas's son. What movie? I don't know the name of it. Spartacus Two. Spartacus Two. That's uh, yeah. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> Spartacus Two, Wall Street Three. <laughs> um, yeah. It's hard to believe there is a Wall Street. With uh, Sheila Buffy in it, yeah, it is kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Um, forgotten. That's one of them forgotten movies. It is added to our list of the forgotten films. Every episode, one more forgotten movie. Where we bring up a forgotten film. I oh mean, man! Yeah, maybe we should make that a thing. Because we like, should make that. The last a thing. like four episodes, I've been bringing up a forgotten movie every episode, so we could try and make. Make it a feature where every every episode we have I would a love forgotten that. movie. It's like, hey, you remember this? And I'd be like, no, I don't remember this. And then we could talk about it. We would have had to have watched it recently. No, not necessarily. No? It's just okay. like a movie that you probably have seen or at least know of stuff about. Like it's more it's more of a talking point than anything because we can't make a whole show about it. So we might as well just do it, make a little 
thing. Oh, uh, okay. At the end of every episode or something. Okay. Well, you know, uh, interestingly enough, Alex, um, last week, uh, a friend of mine, ex-co-worker. Uh, oh, you guys broke up? <laughs> yeah, we broke up. Um he invited me to this. <laughs> hey, my contract's up. It's not me. It's, or it's you. not you. It's not you. It's me. I'm sorry. Just wasn't gonna work out. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, he invited me to this uh, screenwriting group that he's a part of. So I went to that. You don't screenwrite, do you? I'm getting into it. All Whoa. right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get into it. Cool. I've I've written a couple scripts, but I suck at it. So therefore, I. Well, that's what I, uh, you go to a screenwriting circle for. Yeah. First, hey, first and foremost, everybody, don't pretend to format a screenplay. Just get the uh, proprietary software and do it on there because people will know the difference. I mean, I'm really speaking of which. I'm disappointed in. Is it Celtics? Is that how you pronounce it? Celtics? Celtics? I think, Celtics? I don't know. I've heard it pronounced both ways. The, I, in college, I used to, and I, I got it a few weeks ago because I'm actually, it's like, I need to format this thing I'm writing. Um, correctly, and so I got it to sort of convert it, and like it's all different now. It's like a it, you can only use it online. They make they don't make you pay for it, but they're like, hey, give us money, subscribe to this format. Like you can oh. you can use it for free, but they they like hide it hide it away. It's like what the hell happened? Interesting, man. I liked it when it was downloadable. That's uh, yeah, I I liked downloadable stuff. I mean, like there are other downloadable things. It's just like I trusted that one. Yeah, it was the one I used in college. I totally get it, though. Honestly, like especially. And I also like, get they got to make money somehow. So. Yeah, and also they offer a lot of very nice features, like you know, cloud services and uh, being able to share between people and having all that, and like being able to like actually like oh, budget yeah. your fucking movies through the website and stuff. It's like that's all cool and stuff, but like I was like it was it just, it just threw me for a loop. It did. I was like, oh, oh man, I'm an old you man. Were, you Everything's were doing, different. You were doing backflips and confusion. I know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I went to this this thing, this group, and you know what movie they brought up as an example of something good to reference? The Last Jedi. Mystery Men. Why? Why? Because Mystery Men is a hidden treasure, my friend. If we're talking about movies that time forgot, Mystery Men. I don't think Tom actually has forgot Mystery Men. I would not put that in that list. Really? I would say that movie is still fondly remembered. By folks such as your screenwriting buddies. Fondly remembered? I um, don't well, think they, so. Well, they're fondly remembering it, apparently. Well, what it was was okay. There was a character in a in a screenplay that someone had where they were like Mr. Anger dealing with invisibility. Oh, that. So then they brought up the whole Kel Mitchell's character being invisible, but only when no one is looking at him and he's not looking at himself or whatever. Yeah, you can you can only be invisible when no one's looking at him, including himself. No, yeah. he, I think he can look at himself. I think everyone else can't look at him. Oh, right. Well, yeah. Anyways, um. Like the thing when I when I think forgotten movies, like the the basis I'm using is like sort of the places on the internet where I tend to go, like you know Reddit and like kind of like bigger type places. And oh. if I haven't seen a movie mentioned on there, it's sort of I consider it a forgotten movie. Oh, okay. and Mystery Man I see mentioned occasionally in the same vein as like Space Jam. Just like Space oh man, Jam, right, remember yeah. the '90s? You know, one of those <laughs> sort of '90s uh, feel good. Remember the hits. '90s? So like that's where. I see it occasionally. So I wouldn't call it completely forgotten because it has nostalgic value. That's true. No one's yeah. nostalgic for Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, though. Right, yeah. That's the name of the second one? Yes, it is. Money Never Sleeps? Yeah, because it's paper. <laughs> oh, man. 
That's uh, that's a hoot and a holler. That's a riot. Well, that's fun though. Anyway, did you learn anything from, from your screenwriting? I did. Yeah, there was. It was interesting. There was one person that had who was very wordy with like, um, what would you call it? Not the not the actual Exposition, dialogue, like but the I guess prose, the, if you will. Yeah, the prose. Yeah, there was someone that was really wordy with the prose. There's another person that had nothing but dialogue, and and one of the mm, one of the notes the was the Brian Michael Bendis method. yeah but but one of the notes was like hey like these people don't exist in a in a space right now like they just like this is just just people talking speaking of ghosts yeah like these people don't like exist anywhere right now they're just talking Mm -hmm. like and so yeah it was it was a refresher sort of like you know you got to make sure that people are doing something while they talk Mm. you know you need secondary actions you need yeah, you need more than just people explaining everything that's going on with what they're saying. Well, I would recommend to you and anyone uh. out there who's interested in the art of screenwriting, one of my favorite podcasts, it's called Script Notes, which oh. is John August, who's uh, the screenwriter John of August. Big Fish and other things. Oh. And Big Fish is one of my most favorite movies. It's, um, movie. it's him and his uh, uh, another screenwriter, and they um, basically they talk about screenwriting, they... Kind of some t- occasionally they'll have guests and they'll talk like recently Mindy Kaling was on. She talked about how oh. she got into screenwriting, which is really interesting. Cool. Uh, they talk about guild stuff, which is occasionally interesting, like you know the industry, which because I'm not in the Writers Guild, right, uh, is always interesting to hear what they do. And then also occasionally they'll like have samples and they'll go through them and they'll be like, like this, this, and that. It's like this dialogue is a little cliche. Clean up here, you know. They'll do like they'll read like the first three pages of a script and they'll. Of scripts that people submit to them on purpose. Oh, and they'll like you know critique it and they nope, and they nope all, the fuck out of it. And they also and they'll talk about sort of general concepts. Like recently, there was an episode about just the art of exposition. Right. Like what movies do exposition well? How to write exposition into your script? Like things like The Matrix and stuff. Like good exposition reveals something about your characters while it's going on. You know that kind of yeah. stuff. So I would t- wholeheartedly recommend that if you're into a f- filmmaking podcast in a very specific sense. Right. Or you can listen to Film Tastic Voyage. Yeah. If you're into filmmaking podcasts or film podcasts or whatever the fuck we do here. <laughs> whatever the fuck. Hey, you want to learn? <laughs> Dutch Angle, everybody. <laughs> Dutch Angle. <laughs> Look up. What, Battlefield Earth? No, I'm just saying, you know, hey, our vocabulary word for today, Dutch Angle, everybody. Look it up. Um, so today's episode is brought to you by The Zoom. The z- Yeah. <laughs> You don't Zoom. see Zooms anymore, do you? Thankfully, no. I, don't know. I, I feel like Zooms are a little... about Zooms. I just watched, rewatched uh, Silence of the Lambs, and there's a nice Zoom in that movie that was like, oh, you don't really see Zooms anymore, do you? And not like the slow Zooms, like a nice like wide shot of a building. There was love, like, um, what's the fuck? Uh, what's the FBI's headquarters? Uh, oh my God, don't. Uh, I figure what it's called. I'm sure someone's letting. I, I, compl- I I'm just blanking. Anyways, like, like Pentagon. It, no, I don't know. It's like the building Langley. Yes, um, we'll say that. It's like the building, and it's just like a nice. It starts wide and it zooms in on Clarice walking through a hall, and so like you don't really see oh. that kind of shot anymore. It's a very '70s style shot of starting wide on a location and zooming in to finding to find a character in a space. Like most zooms you see nowadays, if any, yeah. tend to either be like sort of a vertigo effect or like zooming in like a close up or something very subtle, like a subtle push to zoom in. But, There's that which I like. But most zooms are actually most well, most most things are pushes and pushes nowadays. What what explain? Oh, zooming is like you're zooming the camera, like right. you're you're, t- you're zooming it in. A pushing is where you take the physical camera and you move it forward. 
Oh, oh, and that's more gotcha. common. I yeah. feel than zooms. I think it's more natural looking, to be honest. I zooms. When when you watch a, it's like when you see uh, when you when you're watching a zoom in, it's like it's almost like you feel like the camera's there now. Mm-hmm. Like well, this is a camera doing this. Well, now. yeah, because it doesn't mimic the effect of the eye when you're yeah. moving forward because the background stays static with the image. The one thing I really hate, and I don't know if there's if there's must be a name for this, and it seems to be in a lot of like J.J. Abrams sci-fi, is where you have something going on in a wide shot, and then it does the thing where it like zooms in real quick, and then it like it like oh a snap zoom ca- uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's snap the other thing zoom. that we see a lot snap zoom I hate I, I like I'm tired a, of it I like a good snap zoom but you get like one per like twenty minutes yeah um I remember distinctly Man of Steel has sequences that have two snap zooms in the same shot. I'm like, you cannot do that. Wait a minute. Like, yeah, I think Masty is a really pretty movie, but you can't, you just can't do that. Like, that's just like, that's like, it's too much when you can't, you could like, you know, you can't find your, your target. You, you can't find your subject in a shot twice. Right. Yeah. Hey, Man of Steel, am I right? The first movie I remember having some snap zooms was uh, Serenity, which I was like, ooh, cool. Oh yeah. That was like 2005. I'm sure, you know, the, the snap zoom existed long before that, but it was the first time I noticed it. And I was like, that's a cool effect. Wow, I didn't realize that that must have been one of the first. I well, I don't think so. I'm sure it's been snap zoom. Like I said, it's probably been around forever. But uh, since the first Wall Street, <laughs> yeah, since Wall Street one, <laughs> Oliver Stone's famous snap zooms, <laughs> like that scene in uh, Platoon where uh, William Defoe comes out of the forest, needs to get in riddle with and, bullets, and then <laughs> it snap, snap zooms zoom. onto his face. If that was if that movie was made nowadays, that's that's what would happen. They would snap zoom that shot. Also, there'd be four cuts. Right, there'd be four cuts. Every time I used to get shot, another cut, cut, cut. <sighs> well, whatever. You know, I honestly think cinema nowadays is just as good as it's ever been, if not better. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's just because yeah. there's more tools available, especially. Um, I saw something annoying where, well, not really. It wasn't something specific. I just like, when it comes to cuts, speaking of which, a lot of people don't understand why cuts are done, and they also understand how you can make server like you can do quick cutting effectively, and it works really well. But yeah. people tend not to notice when it happens. You right. know, all it's the same thing in with VFX. It's like, or especially, it's like, oh, I, that of a, a CGI is garbage. It's just because you notice the bad, the bad stuff. But you don't notice the good stuff. You don't notice the good stuff, or the good right. stuff you still notice it, but you're still impressed by it. like Thanos. Everyone, everyone knows it's CGI, but it looks really <laughs> great. But um, you know. Like, a lot of what I used to do was just invisible hand stuff. Yeah. Just stuff you'd never even notice. Yeah, if you don't notice, yeah, I mean, that's, you're, I think if anything, yeah, you're not supposed to notice. Mm-hmm. Because it just looks so damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's, you know, too far from the camera. It's like. <laughs> like that's I, why you have a snap. I've animated a lot of crowds in the past. Like a lot of, like not crowd dyna- simulations, but like actual like hand animated crowd characters. Oh, um, yeah. Or, like, you know, background characters are, like, you know, 50 feet behind the camera. They're just kind of, like, you know, standing around picking their nose or whatever. And you would never know that they're CG characters. Oh, right. Because yeah. they're in the background, maybe even out of focus. Wasn't that, like, a, a, a huge thing with Gladiator? I remember them saying. What, the crowds? The crowds were all CG crowds. Yeah, that was a big thing. Like, the whole, well, most of the, 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 the Coliseum was CG. Right, yeah. But wasn't that like a big deal for that movie? Because that it was, was maybe one of the first. Or one something? of the first uses of of crowd technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not the because like Phantom Menace had crowds in '99. Right. Um, but it was like for f- human crowds. Yeah. And I thought I think that was also a uh, a Renderman uh, project, which is Pixar's rendering software. 
Oh. If I recall wow. correctly. Um, not that it really matters uh, nowadays. It's just sort of interesting because uh, folks at home, there's like dozens of different rendering engines that you can use to render your things. That's right. Um, typically, like not the standard, but like mostly, in my experience, it's either been V-Ray or Redshift. So look at those up if you want to see what those look like. I've used V-Ray, but I haven't used Redshift. V-Ray is fun. Mental Ray is an older one. I've used Mental Ray. Um, Arnold's the kind of the new standard in terms of what comes out of the box in Maya. Mm. Uh, RenderMan is what Pixar uses. Uh, Hyperion is what Disney uses. Um, and there's also other proprietary what's this and who, who, who's it's and whatever. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Well, that's... Uh it's uh, good news. <laughs> yes, it is. It's quite good news. <laughs> and like I said in the previous episode, nowadays we're getting nowadays we're getting into real time rendering with Unreal and Unity. Oh right, very yeah. exciting. I'm oh, sure. Did, did we talk about how Nvidia just revealed their new collection of uh, the what? Uh, Who? Nvidia no. released their new um, slew of uh, graphics cards. They're able to do um, ray tracing, which is very exciting. Who did this? Nvidia. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. And I explained what Rage was in the past. So basically, it basically is the technology that lets you do real-time reflections. Oh, okay. To put it in the most simplest terms. So now, like from video games, for example, you can go up to like a car and you can see your character in the car oh. like, and it will be distorted like it would be. It's like, it's like, ooh, it's the future. So where do we see that? I guess on PC, like mostly it would be on PC for now, right? And then the next gen, maybe the next gen of consoles. Of consoles, yeah. yeah, probably the next gen of consoles. Well, I mean, like the cards themselves are like eight hundred bucks, right? That's, so that sounds about right, yeah. And then they're also like professional level cards. I think they were like ten thousand dollars for like the highest level <laughs> professional card. But if you can render photorealistic shit on it, it, saves you a lot of time, which saves you a lot of money. Yeah, it's a cool future. Can't wait. I imagine uh, like 3D animation and stuff, it'll probably get to a point where it is just real-time rendering, huh? Maybe in like 20 years. The thing is it still can't do complex simulation oh. in real time. Um, it's still like, you know, most people have to use uh, Houdini and bake out an Alembic cache, which is basically making sort of a like a, a slideshow or sort of like basically it's like taking something, a smoke, like you smoke in Houdini and then you just sort of like render that out and then you put it in oh. something else and it'll like play but it's not re- it's not in real time it's just playing a, a, I, a movie file if you will yeah and okay. then um like a 3d movie file and then uh you can't like can't hair no way <laughs> like you know the way that m- m- movies like you know pixar movies are individual random strands of hair like yeah, humans will have four hundred thousand strands of hair can't do yeah. that in real time yet yeah and that kind of stuff and also lighting is always like a lot of lighting and gaming is cheated that still can't do it in real time you know a lot of it's baked in stuff but like um so there's differences and strengths and weaknesses still, but I imagine the future, I don't think, I don't know if it will ever become truly real-time, but it'll definitely be more accepted. You might have studios that only do real-time versus studios that do rendering. and Oh, wow. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I can imagine there being a couple animation studios that, like a animation studio that opens up for that just does works in uh, Unreal. Well, you know what would be interesting is, um, I think for like feature film, mm probably it will it won't be like real time stuff probably it will fall no because it, i think it's still i mean like we'll see in the, the future but like it will always look better rendered yeah well that's what i mean but i think like i think a, a perfect outlet for sort of like testing you know real time 
rendering technology and maybe stuff that isn't as hefty as is TV animation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, you still have to you still have to use Maya and stuff. Right. You can't rend you can't animate in Unreal really. You oh. still have to use everything else, but you can take all that, slap it in the thing. You don't have to, and then you just make a movie. You don't have to render it because rendering you know, takes like depending on what you're doing, the complexity, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, like an hour of frame. It yeah. is like something fairly simple. Or not like fairly simple. It depends on also because there's also what rendering thing you're doing too. Yeah. Um, and if it's GPU, it's a CPU. It's all, there's a lot of things in it, but like, let's just say like an hour frame. Right. So, That's you know, you have time. like a 10 minute long <laughs> thing. How long is that? So it's, uh, a long I, time. I mean, so it's like one second will take a day. Right. So, you know, so basically oh that's like God. months and months, but you have a render farm. It has like, what, like, you know, dozens of nodes working at, uh, at once. But either way, yeah. if something gets fucked up, a shot gets fucked up, then you have several more hours to sit on it. That's a lot, uh, wasted time, wasted money. Right, yeah. Time equals money, am I right? Yep. Anyways, that's been talking shop. That's right. And, uh, hey, it looks like, uh, speaking of time, it looks like we're out of time, Alex. Hmm. But don't worry, everybody. We'll be back next episode with much more chatter, chatter, and and chowder, blabber, uh, and chowder. Yeah, we should cook up some chowder and and uh, have it for the next episode. Yeah, let's eat it on camera because it's one thing I know <laughs> that people love is being is eating food near a microphone. You know, the weird thing is, is there's actually a oh, whole right there is a subculture out there now that is really into that. Uh, whatever. Which hey, that's great. Easy to please. You know what's a fun subculture? Last thing, as I just stumbled upon a series of uh, video documentaries about this, uh, hi- like the history of speedrunning video games. Oh, it's fascinating what these people do. Like um, the one I saw was this guy basically going through a comprehensive history, like a half hour long little mini documentary on YouTube about how people figured out how to game. Um, the map Chaco Mountain in Mario Kart 64, and they like got the fastest lap from, or the fastest uh, three laps from like a minute and a half to 16 seconds, and wow. it's like a half hour video of of how exactly what glitches were discovered to get that time from that to that. It's like wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> so I've been kind of watching those. Jeez. Such a cool, interesting little little subculture. Yeah, um, and like it's so fun to watch that kind of stuff because like I don't know how they do it. There's like Go up, like you see people walk up to a wall and then suddenly the game's over and they finish the game. It's like what the fuck happened? <laughs> it's a weird world out there, Alex. Yeah, it's a mad, it's, mad, mad, mad world. And it's getting madder. I'm getting angry just yeah. thinking about it. We'll be walking on ceilings before we know it. Just because. Well, if you're mad and you want to let us know about it, we're at filmtesticvoyage.com, filmtesticvoyage at facebook.com, and uh, oh, and we're on YouTube or whatever. Oh, yeah, we are on YouTube. We're also on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'm Batman Crothers. I'm Mr. Kerosene. Check out our reviews. Maybe leave us some comments. Let us know your uh, username so we can check out your reviews, too. Yeah, I'll follow you. I promise. (laughs) We are a part of a bigger podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. Uh, You can check out all the podcasts on the Let Me Listen Podcast Network on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Hey, leave us some comments. Leave us some uh, ratings. Tell your friends about us. Spread the good word, as they say. Spread the good word. Um, listen, everybody, we'll see you next. We'll see, well, you'll see us next time. Unless you listen to this, you know. <laughs>
No judgment. Yeah. Hey, why don't you leave us some video comments? Um, Was well, it like a comment? We'll is it you. like you record yourself as a video making a comment? I th- I feel like for a certain amount of time, YouTube actually had that where you can leave video comments and then they got rid of it. I feel like you're lying. Okay. Uh, but maybe it did. That would solve a lot of uh, YouTube comment problems, I think, if you had to oh, I- literally turn your camera and be like, uh... Hi, just want to say, uh, I thought that video was garbage, and uh, you're the worst. All right, okay, bye. <laughs> that, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with what you just said. That would solve a lot of problems. If it was mandatory, yeah. you can only leave video comments. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, hey. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. We're really creative here at the Film Test Voyage. <laughs> <laughs>